You know, when the Steelers suck, people in Pittsburgh try anything that they can do to get their minds off that damn team. For some people, that might be, you know, picking up an old hobby. For other people, it might be catching up with an old friend. For me and for Zach, it's paying attention to spring football. Ladies and gentlemen, the XFL is making a comeback in 2023. The league that first originated in 2001 as sort of a WWE football mix. It was very bizarre. Folded less than a year after its inauguration. Came back in 2020 under Vince McMahon with more of an intention of putting good football on the field. Then, of course, COVID-19 hit and the league folded. Now, in 2023, much to the apparent dismay of its own owners, the XFL is making a comeback. The league recently released its promised uh, and long-awaited team names and logos, which me and Zach have repeatedly poked fun at in podcast episodes before because they promised these team names and logos in January. And also, I just recently found out that the coaches knew the team name and logos in February, and they chose to wait until Halloween to release them. But nevertheless, here they are. In this episode of the podcast, Zach and I are going to be breaking down what our opinions are about the team names and the logos. We're going to give a little bit of our thoughts on the league, and Zach does have an XFL hot take for this episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, two Steelers fans in a pro football world. I am Zach. And I am Dill. And we are here to bring you all of the news from the USFL, XFL, and NFL from a Pittsburgh Steelers fans perspective. But today we are highlighting the XFL for the first time in a while. We are still in NFL season, but uh, like Dill articulated earlier, we we are not, uh, Steelers aren't doing too great, you know? So it's. It's time to focus on the XFL, at least for a, a week or so before we yep. start going back to being sad. So <laughs> we are going to focus on the XFL this week. Names uh, for the teams as well as logos have been announced. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's fun to actually finally get that, though still kind of frustrating um, that we had to wait this long for something that probably should have been put out months and months ago. Yep. But we got it nonetheless, so yep. it is happening. True. A little bit of background on the XFL before we get into it. I gave the league's history. They announced in July that the eight cities that are going to be in this iteration of the league are going to be Arlington, San Antonio, D.C., Houston, Orlando, Seattle, St. Louis, and Las Vegas. I'm almost certain I listed eight there. And, you know, I think a big reason why Steelers fans should maybe pay a little bit of attention to this league, a lot of people write off spring leagues, and rightfully so. They're just not very good. And the USFL is a little strange, and, you know, people don't really care much about that because the Maulers are bad. But something that I want to bring to the attention of Steelers fans is that there are two Hall of Fame Steelers who will be head coaches for XFL teams. Heinz Ward is going to be the head coach of San Antonio, and Rod Woodson is going to be the head coach for Las Vegas. 
as well. Bruce Gradkowski, a former Steelers quarterback, is going to be a coordinator down in St. Louis. So there's a very big black and gold footprint in the XFL's coaching stats. So even if you don't really care about spring football in general, it definitely is worth seeing how these former players perform as coaches. I would also like to say uh, Heinz Ward and Rod Woodson, at least, have remained very close to Pittsburgh and very close to uh, the Steelers organization. So, you know, looking at past players like PJ Walker making his way from the XFL to the NFL, it would He's not starting for Carolina now. They exactly, exactly. Uh, I would not surprise me if the Steelers reached out to guys like them, or uh, you know, Rod or Hines reached out to the Steelers organization, and said, "Hey, we have some really good players over here." They're almost, you know, they're, they're NFL level. Uh, I think you guys should take a look at them and it, it would build like a personal relationship there that would get the Steelers a little bit more involved in picking up some undrafted free agents and things like that. So uh, I, we've mentioned this on other podcast, other podcast episodes before that this could be a very good way to almost have a secondary draft or another place to get some quality talent for the NFL. So hopefully we can pick up some of this good talent on the Steelers team. As we know, we are rebuilding at the moment. Yep. And uh, again, before you even, before you scoff at that, there are a couple former 2020 XFL coaches who are in the NFL. I believe the big one I can think of is Pep Hamilton, who was the head coach for Washington DC in 2020 is a coach somewhere. It might be Houston. I can't remember, but I'm fairly certain he's still a coach somewhere. And in terms of like of the footprint of other spring football leagues, the USFL's MVP, Cavante Turpin, who has a name and a half, and I am 100% here for it, is currently on the Dallas Cowboys roster as a kick slash punt returner, and he's actually the best in the league statistically at it. So, you know, the people in these spring leagues, well, some of them are pushovers, and some of them probably will not amount to NFL talent. There is also a lot of really there are a lot of really good players in these leagues and that will be in these leagues. So I think it's important to not just immediately write these spring leagues off as nothing before you actually go in and take a look at it because they do have a footprint. And also um, a lot of what the NFL uses in terms of camera work now came from the original iteration of the XFL, which I found interesting. Yeah. Um, I think another thing really cool is we mentioned him a little bit earlier. PJ Walker is now starting for Carolina. Uh, it started off because Baker Mayfield was injured. Now Baker Mayfield is not injured, but Baker Mayfield just sucks. PJ Walker is actually <laughs> because he's Baker good. Mayfield. Yeah, but um, PJ Walker actually got Carolina their second win of the season against Tampa Bay, and really should have gotten another win against uh, Atlanta, except their kicker just forgot how to kick. So, I just recently watched those highlights. That was just awful. <laughs> it was actually kind of funny, but then also just really terrible, like living in Charlotte at that moment while yeah. he was just like screwing up. The sheer depression in that city. Hi, caramba. <sighs> but with that being said, a big part of how these spring leagues come to fruition is in marketing and branding. So I'm going to loop it back around to the topic of this episode, ranking the team names and logos. Zach and I made a collective list. We talked about it a little bit beforehand, and we're going to go from the bottom up 
giving you what we think was the worst name and logo and moving up to what we think was the best. Unless, Zach, you have any objections to how we rank these? Bro, I mean, the XFL has been wasting our time so much over the past couple months. Let's just get this over with. (laughs) Sad thing is that's a sentiment echoed by many fans of the league itself. But moving into the eighth logo with the one that we think was the worst, the eighth team name and logo, that's going to be the DC Defenders. For me personally, the name is okay. Defenders is okay. I mean, you know, it makes sense for the city of Washington. They're not exactly known for having phenomenal names. So, I mean, like, I don't hate the name. The big reason for me that I wanted this at eight was because the mediocre name mixed with a less than average primary logo just doesn't sell it for me. I like the colors. I like the red. I like the white. It's just, it just seems so bland and uninspired, you know? Like, I just, I don't, like, I I don't see any pizzazz. Like, the name's not, nothing nothing about this is, like, jumping out at me, saying, like, hey, you should be a fan of us. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's not very eye-catching. But what do you think? Oh, no, I I definitely agree. I mean, it's something that I think could be a decent color scheme on a uniform or something, but it's, I still... I don't know if that's going to be a type of uniform that's going to grab my eye either. Um, Look, I'll tell you, it's better than the Washington football team. But, uh, man, it's still – it's just kind of boring. Like, I I looked at that as one of the first ones that they released, and I was like, man, this this is just not doing anything for me. Like, but, yeah. DC Defenders, another returning team from 2020. Oh, I don't remember their exact record, but they, they finished all right. That was Cardale Jones was their starting quarterback. That was, man, as I watched the league in 2020, and I remember there was a lot of talk about Cardale Jones for those first couple weeks, and then he just sucked. It was, it was not pretty for him. But moving into our rank at number seven, we have the Arlington Renegades. Very similar issue that I have with the defenders in terms of the logo. It's just, it's just boring. It's, I mean, it's, it's letter based like DC, but I just feel like there's even less going on with the logo. It's, I mean, like, there's just nothing here. That being said, their secondary logo is awesome, but no one cares about secondary logos. Um, I would say that they probably have the worst logo in the XFL, but their name is pretty cool. I, yeah. I support the Arlington Renegades name, which I think we both agreed why we put it above uh, DC. Yep. Uh, because they at least they have like a cool name. So it also just matches pretty well with the vibe of Dallas, in my opinion. You know, Dallas, I mean, they got the Cowboys there already. So, you know, this sort of vibe of like gunslinging, you know, Wild West, that kind of thing. So I think it works well for them. Moving into the number six ranking, this one is a pretty significant leap, at least I think so, from the other two. Having said that, the other five names and logos are just better. That's going to be the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, I love the color scheme that they've got going on. The red mixed with the dark blue and the white, very patriotic. Um, Their logo is pretty neat. And they also, by the way, that's just an absolute master job of the XFL because they got... When the because the Roughnecks were also a team in 2020 and they got sued by both the Patriots and the NFL for 
on grounds of copyright because they thought that the original Roughnecks logo looked too similar to the Houston Oilers, which is an older NFL team. So they fattened the logo, turned it into a glorified H, and I'm here for it. Um, as, I don't live in Houston. I live in Pittsburgh, like a true Steelers fan. No, I'm joking. But I do live in Pittsburgh. Just true Steelers fans can come from anywhere. But um, I so the name Roughnecks doesn't really like stick to me. I mean, it's you know, it's I'm a similar mindset that I am with DC. Like, it's all right. It's a better name than Defenders Roughnecks is, but it's still not. You know. It's not ten out of ten, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's 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 mediocre. But the the logos really the mediocre name mixed with an above average logo is what sets it over the edge. Yeah, I definitely when you mentioned uh, Houston Oilers, that that's the vibe I got it from or got from it immediately. That it kind of looked like the Houston Oilers logo, and it is Houston. So I mean, I I like that they kind of brought that back a little bit, and I think Houston. When the Oilers left, yeah, they got the Texans, but I, I don't know if I would have been too happy to get the Texans. So I just uh, noticed that these colors are also like the same as the Texans. Yes, they're very similar, but I think this is just another good team that you know if you know people are frustrated in Houston with the Texans right now, so it might give them something kind of similar to what they used to have uh, and to root for in a different football league. By the way, since I'm thinking of it now, we did also release an episode giving our thoughts on the XFL cities when they dropped uh, in July. So that was a couple months ago. So if you want to hear our thoughts on those, go and check that episode out. Um, because yep. it occurs to me, Houston now has three t- football teams. They've got the Texans. They've got – well, they will have the Roughnecks in the spring. And then they have the Houston Gamblers of the USFL. Wow. So Houston, Houston has a lot of football running through them. Very interesting. Well – I mean, honestly, uh, Texas has a lot of football in general. That's true. They love their football down there. Yeah. They got three XFL teams out of eight. Yeah. And that's just XFL. That's not even factoring in all the other freaking football that they've got going on down there between college and other pro leagues. And it's just it's wild. Uh, coming in at rank number five for us is the Vegas vipers first of all i love the alliteration the double v i like it a lot more than i thought i would the logo is really neat um it looks a lot like the tampa bay vipers logo of 2020 i've i've heard some very crude things about this one i will say that that people have compared it to some very um not family friendly things but um i like the color scheme they've got going on the primarily looks like red and black with a little bit of white mixed in there. Very cool. Very like Vegas gambling style. I think it's very nice. Um, honestly, this, I don't really have a lot of complaints about this one. I think, I mean, it's good. It's not like, obviously there were four that I thought were better and that we thought were better, but you know, that doesn't inherently make this, what this one bad. I will say this. I don't know why they brought Vipers to Vegas. That's my only thing. Yeah. I don't know. I I didn't watch them in 2020, so I didn't know them as anyone technically other than the Vegas Vipers. Because um, I technically haven't watched a game of the XFL yet. But um, I, I like this logo. It's another color scheme going back that I think could look really cool on uniforms. Like, I'm excited to see these uniforms more than most of the other ones. 
Um, but I mean, I think just logistically with a Viper, it could have looked a little bit different and possibly a little bit better. Um, but that's just like a minor stipulation. I think they did a pretty decent job so far. Um, but yeah, I think the other ones that we have coming up the next half are definitely better. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I think Vegas has a lot to look forward to, provided they can get a home stadium. Because yeah. I just recently learned that they have no freaking clue where this team is going to play. Well, that's not true. They have a clue, but they don't have any finalized stadium deals yet. And I'm very confused. Very interesting. You know, I mean, if the Vipers end up having to rent out a college stadium, I'm not going to lie. That's not going to be a great look for the XFL if they're running out college stadiums to play supposedly pro football. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they'll have something. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll have something. Um, but moving into ooh, the top half of the logos that we ranked, coming in at number four, we had the Orlando Guardians. I've I, the the name Guardians has always like been okay to me. Like it's 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 all right. I don't like it in Cleveland. I think it's awful. I don't really like. I don't think it fits Orlando. The name Guardians. I mean, it's just like it doesn't really fit the like tropical, sandy ocean vibe of Orlando. That being said, the thing that puts this team over for me is first of all the color scheme is glorious. I wasn't a huge fan of it at first. I, there's a lot of gray in there that I like. wasn't a huge fan of, but it mixes with these different shades of green really well, I think. Also, the logo, like this panther-looking thing, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's it's. I I mean, I li- I really like the logo. That's what's setting it over for me personally. It's the logo. Yeah, I definitely like the logo. I like the name Guardians in general. I I can agree that like Orlando, there's nothing special about Orlando that really makes it guardians um that's something that i really don't think a lot of people really think about with nfl teams but nfl has had i mean over 100 years of perfecting it but that that's just something that is iconic with each of their teams is that it means something to the area yep and like some people are like well lions and bears how do how does that pertain to detroit and chicago and it's like well, maybe not necessarily like in that case, but those were also two of the very first NFL teams or two of the oldest NFL teams. They made themselves mean something. Yep. Um, and then most other teams, Steelers, is because the, you know, Pittsburgh was is the Steel City. Uh, Patriots, because of the uh, Revolutionary War. And so many other ones just like making connections to the area. So I definitely agree. I don't think this really makes a connection to the area like most of these other ones do, or at least some of these other ones do. Um, but the color scheme and the logo and just the name Guardians itself, I think, is very appealing. And I will say this. I think if the league finds a way to survive for a long time, I mean, as provided they don't change this into something else, which I think they definitely could if if if, if they settle. It's a very big if with spring leagues. But if they settle, it could change. Even if they don't change, like, I mean, like you said, Bears and Lions has essentially no connection to the area. Look how iconic those two are. So, you know, provide if this league can make it, what's to say that these guys can't do the same thing, you know? 
So, I mean, you said it really well. The NFL has had a lot of time to perfect this. And, you, I mean, this is brand spanking new. So, we will see how it goes. Again, the colors are really nice. Moving into our ranking of number three, the San Antonio Brahmas. Very interesting name choice. A little bit more background because I realized I did not say this earlier. This league is currently owned by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his ex-wife, Danny Garcia. They bought it out of bankruptcy in 2020. So they've had this for about three years. There's a theory running among XFL fans, and I, with a little bit of guilt in the back of my mind, consent to this theory that Dwayne Johnson may have had his hand in naming this franchise because he used to call himself the Brahma Bull when he was in the wrestling. That being said, I think Bulls works, or Brahma Bulls, but see, I can't even... This name is so, like, it's just, it's so out there. Like, I'm even having trouble saying it. It's just, it's very, very unique. Um, but I know, like, you know, Texas, very diverse state. It's got a lot of, like, the you know, mix of the deserts and all that kind of junk in it. Bull riding is a big thing in the Southwest. Texas is definitely one of them. So even if you people start calling this team the Bulls, even, like, as opposed to the Brahmas, I think that's pretty good. I mean, I, I, I love that a lot. The, the like, cause again, that, that in particular, like reaches to the area, you know, I, I will say this, their description of the name was like talking about like the plains of San Antonio and all that stuff. And all the comments of that video were just clearly they never came to San Antonio because there are no plains in San Antonio. And I thought that was funny because I still think the name works, but their reasoning behind it's just so incorrect um which is really funny because it acts like like you said it it seems to encompass like texas and then san antonio a little bit but if you if you would have just left it at it and not tried to explain it people would have heard a lot easier i yeah that i definitely agree with um but something that puts this uh eccentric and i think is a good kind of eccentric but still eccentric name over the edge we're a little partial to this because we're Steelers fans. The colors are black and yellow. Heinz Ward's the head coach. I mean, come on, come on, come on. Like, what were we going to do? Put this at the bottom of the list. I mean, this definitely doesn't deserve a bottom place anyway, but the black and gold definitely helps. Yeah, and the logo is just really cool. I'm I'm really digging the logo. Um, you know, it's that uh, typical thing that you see in, like, old Western movies with the longhorn bull skull. And then show or like pans up and it's like a cowboy riding a horse. It's like, it's giving you that vibe. It's giving you like that Texas Western movie vibe. Um, and just, you know, the of it on the black slash like gray background. Um, it's just, it's a really, it's a really well done logo. I just yeah. thought Brahma's and initially like Brahma Bull and like all of that just didn't register in my mind. I'm like, what in the heck is a Brahma? I remember so, getting that text. Yeah. I also got that text from my brother when I texted him the names. First thing he said was, bro, what the heck is a Brahma? So I'm, I'm like, is this like a messed up version of a llama? Like what the, but I'm like, I'm like the Brahma llamas. I mean, this was definitely a name that needed a good color scheme and logo to put it over the edge. And I think they nailed that for sure. 
it, it is something that like if they if the XFL continues, they find a better identity, they might officially change it to, you know, the San Antonio Bulls or I mean, extend it. You have long names in uh, sports like hockey, like the Vegas Golden Knights. Change it to the San Antonio Brahma Bulls. Like, yeah, you can abbreviate it to whatever they want. I know the social media page in San Antonio have actually been doing a decent job of reaching out. They've started calling the fan base the herd. I like that. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think that's neat. So I actually follow them. But moving into our top two names and logos at number two, and this is a bit of a controversial one, the Seattle Sea Dragons. When I first saw this one, I also saw very mixed reactions. Because Seattle was a team that existed in 2020 and just had the name Dragons. They threw C in front of it and changed the logo, which I, I kind of question. I, I found that a little strange. Um, that being said, at first I wasn't a big fan of the logo. I thought it was a little boring because the little Dragon Man's just in the shape of an S. Then I realized, like, wait a minute. The Mariners just have an S, like a compass for their name. The Kraken have an S with like tentacles for their name. Why not make the football team have the same have or the spring football team have like the same kind of thing? The only Seattle team that doesn't have that is the Seahawks. So upon further review, I like the choice of making of like matching it up with the other Seattle sports. I think that was really smart. The color scheme is really cool. The orange, the blue, the green, it's all gonna mesh really, really well. Be another one that's gonna have some really cool uniforms. That's yep. a big thing I'm looking at here. Yep. Um, again, my, my only stipulation is just the fact that they threw C in front of Dragons. But, Zach, you were decently high on this one, so I, this is one I definitely want to hear your opinion on. Yeah, I, I didn't really watch the XFL beforehand, um, so I didn't have the C, the Dragons before the Sea Dragons to compare it to. Um, but I, I noticed it as something where you have the Seattle Seahawks, uh, the Mariners, the Kraken, and yes, only one of them has C in front of it, but like the dragons didn't have anything to do with water. Now, again, kind of like the logo, it starts to mesh a lot more with the other Seattle teams. I didn't even think about that. All relating to the water. And if we're going back to area identity, now all relate, like giving that area its identity of, you know, relating to the water and having sports that's like all resembling water teams. So I think that's something that's really cool. And I don't know, like Seattle Sea Dragons, you talked about the alliteration with the Vipers earlier. I think this is a really good alliteration here. Um, For me, it just kind of rolls off the tongue. Like I like having Seattle Sea Dragons. Like it's it's more alliteration because it starts with the same thing. And I, I have a little bit of a connection with the Seahawks. They're my second favorite team in the NFL after the Steelers, of course. Um, and so, you know, that that's something like I, I've loved from Seattle is just Seattle Seahawks. Like, it makes sense. And now Seattle Sea Dragons just also kind of, like, rolls off with me and makes sense. Yeah. So I think, personally, I'm going to be a fan of the Sea Dragons this year. Um, but, yeah, I, that, I, I was really high on this one. Um, really going hard between this and uh, our number one. Yeah. And for those who stuck around to see all of them, or for those who have been waiting for their team, our number one pick, I think it's a given, it's the St. Louis Battlehawks. Mm-hmm. 
it's a mix between the absolute gorgeous color scheme, the blue, the white, the silver. It's beautiful. The logo looks freaking awesome. The sword and the wings on the sides. And just the name Battlehawks just sounds awesome. Now, I will say this. There was a debate in 2020 over whether or not that's like a hawk, like a literal trained hawk for warfare or a type of army helicopter that's also called a battle hawk. So there was a debate in, within the fan base over that. Um, but for me, big reason that this is number one is just because it carries, unlike all of these other ones, St. Louis Battlehawks carries a little bit of iconacy. Like the, this name and logo was iconic in 2020 because the city of St. Louis absolutely exploded over this. They were expecting close to 50,000 fans for their next home game before they shut down. Do you know how insane that is for a spring league? And honestly, just even for pro, like for pro sports, 50,000 fans is a lot. Yeah, that's good turnout. So just like, I mean, all of the highlight reels that the XFL uses for that 2020 season, it's St. Louis, it's St. Louis, it's St. Louis, it's St. Louis. I mean, it's this everything about this name and everything that's like surrounded the team is just perfect. I mean, it's absolutely exquisite, dare I say. Yeah. I mean, personally, I still rank this at number one. And if I was going to root for any team besides Seattle, just because, you know, Seattle, as I went over, I think Seattle, I, I would, I would probably root for St. Louis just because, you know, they're, they're the most uh, ingrained team in the XFL. Like, I mean, it, it's total crap, but people talk about uh, uh, what's it called? Dallas being the America's team, um, which is <laughs> I like that you threw it's total crap in there. I mean, it is. I just I just think that that's funny that you threw that in. I mean, it, it, it it's total crap, but it is total they crap. they talk about you know Dallas being America's team, kind of going on about it's like oh well you know that must mean that they're one of like the most famous teams in football i'm like kind of but not really like this you could say it's like for the xfl the battle hawks is america's team and you know xfl they're like yeah yeah probably like if you're gonna follow most of anyone then like a lot of more casual xfl fans if there are any of them i'm gonna be honest because like generally for a spring league you don't have as many casual fans as you do diehard fans especially not before the season starts right so um if you're gonna get any casual fans chances are it's probably gonna be for the battle hawks which means that that that's your that's your main team yep i will say this as well battle hawks is the only name logo color scheme and city that the xfl kept completely the same for 2020 which just showed how, how important it is to the whole brand. Yep. Uh, if they succeed, if this league succeeds, which I think they have a decent shot at doing, Battlehawks are definitely going to be leading that charge. And I'll mm-hmm. say that now. Um, I argue, people have talked about uh, NFL expansions in the next couple of years. And St. Louis has been a lot, or in a lot of the conversations as somebody, or as an area that could get an NFL team. And though we both talked about it as being one higher up on our lists of one that should, if the XFL does well enough and St. Louis continues being this iconic, I could see the NFL 
not even trying to go in that market and just leaving them alone because they have somebody to root for so much that they don't even want to try and really necessarily compete, which is scary to think that the NFL might legitimately not want to compete with a spring league over fans. Like, think about that. But that could actually be legit. And you're right. And that specifically in St. Louis, because the, I mean, a lot of St. St. How the heck do you even call them? St. Louisians, I guess. I don't know. St. Louis. Well, people from that city feel absolutely screwed over by the end. Do you know, like, because I used, I would watch interviews. Like, I watched them now from 2020 when I heard that the Battle Hawks were coming back of, like, fans who were talking about it when it was announced in 2020. I Eight times out of ten, fans were saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to root for the Battle Hawks just to, like, give an up yours to the NFL. To put that into context of, like, oh, do you think they're over it? The St. Louis Battle Hawks have sold 18,000 season tickets. Holy. Put that in perspective. I believe it's season ticket. I'm actually going to check that right now because I don't want to say the wrong thing. But I remember seeing that number and being absolutely baffled. Ticket deposits, so not season tickets. Battlehawks, this is reported by XFL analysts, so someone who I follow on Instagram. Battlehawks currently lead the league in season ticket deposits with over 18,000 seats, according to Ticketmaster. The second most... I mean, for that to be almost half a year, if not... I, I think it's more than half a year until kickoff... Oh, well, less than half a year. Okay. They kick off in February. Okay, so four months, four months until the start of the season, for them to have that many ticket sales already—that's that's ridiculous. To put that into perspective, the next closest is Seattle with six thousand. Wow! So triple. Yeah, that's absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah, but it just shows. St. Louis is definitely not over the Rams. No. Or the Battlehawks. Well, the Cardinals, the St. Louis Cardinals are a baseball team, but they were also a football team way back in the day. So St. Louis has just gotten the short end of the stick from the NFL. Yeah. So they just said screw it. Um, But I think that about rounds out our rankings, unless you have anything else to say about the rankings, Zach. I do not. I think that was was pretty good. So. So really quickly, before we get into Zach's hot take regarding the XFL, I just want to go over our expectations for the league when it kicks off in the spring. Very broad. I'm just, Zach, I'm going to start with you because I know, like I said at the beginning, I am definitely the more spring football guy of the two. I'm, I would call myself a diehard fan, even though I'm sure. sure my freaking parents in the other room are cringing at hearing me say that. But and I know my brother's like cringing all the way over at college. Like he just can feel it. He can feel it. But um, I would call myself a diehard fan. So I want to hear your thoughts and like what you are expecting from the league or if you're even going to bother watching it. Cause obviously I know I will. And I'll give my thoughts after, but I want to hear yours first. Um, I definitely plan on watching it. I think the problem I've gone over why I didn't really watch a lot of the USFL games. I think a big problem for me was that I didn't really care too much going into it because I wasn't paying attention in the off season. And then it kind of happened and then it, nothing excited me. 
Um, paying a little bit more attention to what's going on before the XFL, I'm getting a little bit more excited and interested. And I feel like this also has a better history. Um, you know, like all the fame that it got in 2020, um, as well as, you know, some players in the NFL that people actually know their names or like came from the XFL. Um, I didn't realize it, but Taylor Heineke actually played in the XFL. He did. Yeah. He so, played for, it's funny. He was, he played for St. Louis. Taylor Heineke now, was a bench player in the XFL. So now he's one of, honestly, the best backups. And, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, he's been starters for uh, Washington. So uh, I, I, I'm going to watch it for that standpoint just because I think that subtly there's a really good opportunity for a lot of good football. And, um, you know, the spring always is, like, kind of sad when there's just, like, no football. Especially when you win the Super Bowl and then somebody you don't necessarily want wins the Super Bowl and you're like, you know, that just wasn't a satisfying conclusion. Now, you know, you got the USFL, you got the XFL, but the XFL I think is going to be a lot more interesting. So I'm excited to watch it this season and just to – have some more stuff to comment on in the football world. Yeah. But I definitely will be watching it this season. Um, I'm not going to consider myself a diehard fan of anybody. I'm not going to catch every game. I'm going to be honest. Uh, But I know Dill will keep me updated and I know it's, it's something that I'm going to watch when I can. Yeah. So I'm excited to see and stay on top of some of these teams. Yeah. I think, and I think Zach shares the standpoint of most football fans in general. Like, if it's on and if it shows a good product, you'll watch it, you know. But obviously, if it just comes out and it's like absolute dog water, then there's just going to be no point. Um, but for me, like I've said multiple times before, I was big fan in 2020, just because it was something that wasn't the NFL. And I remember scrolling through the TV guide that day because I didn't know it was coming. It was either the TV guide or the news. I don't remember which one, but somehow I came across something called the XFL. And I was like, what the heck is this? And then I I ended up finding it on ABC. And it was like, it was, I don't know. It was just, it's it's nice to be able to watch something, like to watch football that like has no impact on me. You know? Sure. So. I mean, uh, I think Steelers fans can relate a lot to that because like, look, we make jokes about it all the time, but. Steelers fans are one of the most dedicated fan bases. We also have a lot of fans in, I mean, I guess we can be included in this as well, where we just get very, very heated. This doesn't happen to everybody in the NFL. I I would argue that a good number of teams don't get as heated because they don't expect as much. Steelers fans expect a lot from our team and we a lot from our organization. And also we're a team that literally – somehow always makes it close or in like 90% of our games seem to always make it close. And so like, it's, I, I know season I'm almost depressed going into some games where I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I want to watch this. Like, uh, it, it's nice to go into a season of football where no matter what happens, I can't be fully disappointed or I'm not going to get stressed. I'm not going to get myself worked up over yeah. that. That's why I like picking like another team that wasn't the Steelers, like Seattle, for every once in a while. Because it's like, you know what? 
I can root for a team, and if they lose, I don't care that much. Yeah. You know? It's good to have those teams every once in a while. Yeah. And I think I'm going to be projecting very similar energy onto the XFL. Definitely feeling the pull towards Orlando, just because I've always liked the idea of a football team in Orlando. Also, I just love their color scheme and like that logo and all that junk. So definitely, definitely pulling, feeling the pull towards Orlando. But um, yeah, I think regardless, it's going to be exciting. The uniforms and like the color scheme of the uniforms has not come out yet, so I assume those will come. Well, they have to come out eventually. But a uh, timetable of how this league's going to work. Um, their draft is set for November 16th through the 17th. Um, their training camps start in January. And the season will kick off February 18th. So we're just about four months away from kickoff. Uh, it's the week after the Super Bowl. It gives football fans something to do. And I know that I will definitely be watching. But, Zach, unless you have anything else to say, I think that about concludes our discussion of the league. I mean, I got nothing else except uh, we'll finally get to enjoy some football in the spring. Well, so actually, Zach, you're a liar because you do have something else. I believe you have a hot take, if I'm not mistaken. I do. So... Yeah, last thing on our agenda today is my usual hot take. This time, completely XFL-related. Look, I said I'm probably going to be pulling more for the Seattle Sea Dragons this year. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be a diehard fan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you guys, but I'll, I'll pull for them. But my hot take, and you know, it might not be the hottest of all the hot takes, but I'm going to go out before the draft happens before the season starts, before I know anything but the coaches. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't stay up to date on the coaches. I can, for the life of me, say who's coaching St. Louis. But St. Louis is going to win the first XFL championship coming back. Now, the reason why I say is this is going to be entirely because I believe in what a fan base can do for a team. I think that they are going to win solely because they have the fan base numbers. They're going to have people at their games. They're going to have people dressing up in costumes. Dill's mentioned it before to me. I I believe he's mentioned it on the podcast where people got so into this team that they would dress up as battle hawks in like cardboard costumes and stuff. Oh, it was crazy. They'd have like wings that would flap. It was insane. Like, people are dressing up. They're showing up for this team. And as we've seen in NFL sports, especially, you know, fans showing out, screaming, um, you know, it it boosts the morale of the team. But we've also seen it in things like uh, the Superdome, uh, where people will have false starts and people will have bad snaps because they can't hear or they don't know the play. So, you know... St. Louis being the one team in the NFL that really has a chance of having a fan base that can show out and cause this type of noise disruption is actually very important. Like people or announcers will casually mention it in NFL games that the fans make a big difference. But if you really look at it, they do. That's why stadiums will say, you know, get loud. We want to mess them up on third down. Or, like, quiet the offenses at work because they they don't want the offense to be screwed up at this moment, you know? 
like having a fan base that can effectively dictate a game with sound is very important. Plus them just being the focal point of this XFL, whether they're supposed to be or not, they are going to be. So that's, that's just a big thing. And the XFL knows it too, because they're the only team that they gave the original location logo and color scheme back to, they know that this is their big seller. Um, and I, I've gone into it and in saying that like, maybe, or like sports like this are not rigged. Um, anybody saying the NFL is scripted legitimately? I mean, yes, I'll complain about bad calls and, you know, people paying other people off. That's more just me being mad in all legitimacy. It's not scripted. Um, but I, I believe the same thing with spring leagues, but it's kind of that same thing at the back of the league that could happen is if the Battle Hawks win. It's going to give your biggest fan base a huge boost, and it's going to you know just help your league continue to float. So I believe that the Battle Hawks are most likely to win this. Um, yeah, and you know what? It, it's going to be good because I really am not going to care too much who wins the XFL this season as long as they're giving me some good football to watch. But I hope you guys will tune into the XFL season coming up in February. I know I'm going to do my best to tune in. I know Dill is going to be a big inside man over there tuning in as much as he can. So um, please stay in tune with the podcast as well as our social media pages for some more news coming out when the uniforms come out. Uh, If Vegas finally gets a stadium, we'll try to put that out there, let you guys know. Um, and then once the season rolls around, we'll be given different updates um, around like the team and the league and everything yeah. uh, to keep you guys in the loop. But uh, that's it for the podcast today. Unless, Dill, you got anything else to add? Uh, I don't. The only thing I would like to say is that uh, during the NFL offseason, um, while like these spring leagues are going on, we will be definitely loosely podcasting on the XFL because – I know, you know, at, at our core, we are still Steelers fans. We are Steelers fans. Right. And so there will be, like, updates and stuff if, like, super interesting stuff happens. And, again, general news. But I'm not – I mean, like, we will not be reporting on it hardcore like we do Steeler games. Yeah, so most likely we're not going to give you a breakdown of every game or every week. Yep. Uh, but we will if something really big happens uh, when we're leading up to the playoffs. Um things like that, and then we'll we'll give a different segment in each week over there of just kind of what's going on in the uh, XFL. Yep. But we are a pro football podcast, so we will be talking about it all. But uh, just that's, that's for you guys so you guys know what to expect come the uh, NFL offseason. But that is it for today. So we are still going to end this podcast, even though it's an XFL episode. We're going to end it like Steelers fans end every day. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go.